0: welcome to the grace world podcast i'm dan hewitt
1: and i'm becky his wife
0: this is episode niner niner (laughs) hey everybody hi there it's great to have you here
1: 99 we just were saying next week we're gonna have to come up with something really Special for one hundred, yes. but not today. Nothing special today. With plain today old is not special.
0: <laughs> it's an ordinary,
1: <laughs> right? Today plain is old not Grace that day.
0: <laughs> so, and it's, as such, what do we got to talk about?
1: Yeah, I uh, have a memory that just does not go away. So it's, it's stuck in there for some good reason.
0: Incoming. Uh, oh, not that kind of thing. About oh.
1: twenty years ago now, I guess. Gosh, since we're in twenty twenty three. The chiropractor I was seeing at that time, his name was David Carlson. Um, and I really appreciated and respected him. He helped me. He helped me get over my headaches with some acupuncture and helped me for a while. But I remember one day I was in there probably complaining about something or being worried about something. And uh, he knew I was a Christian. And he said to me, I was laying face down on the table. And I was saying whatever I was saying. And he said, what happened to let go and let God? And he kind of challenged me. And I remember being so shocked that he said that to me, A, because I wasn't in that frame of mind of (laughs) hearing a word from the Lord. B, he had never said anything to me before about Mm -hmm. my faith or bring God into the discussion or anything. So it was a very surprising moment to me. And I took it to heart and Mm -hmm. but also remember thinking yeah what does that mean what does that mean let go and let god how do what what am i holding on to and and my faith most of my life has been in a very literal realm um if i can't understand it then it doesn't really seem to affect me in a literal sense um recently i feel like that's opened up a bit but but back then i was remember thinking i have no idea how to do that i don't know what let go and let god means i don't and i think i have a better handle on it now which is where we're going to mm-hmm. head that and a few other
0: talking you know, about how you know, god a is involved of, in our lives yeah we got a collection of, sometimes there's a lot of aphorisms sayings whatever you want to call them like let go and let god and god is in control and things like that that can be overdone but there's truth to them mm-hmm. but sometimes we got to dig and go well what do we really mean by that and how does that actually apply and so forth and you can go pretty deep but it's sometimes we we just throw them around on the surface and sometimes we need to just kind of dig and go well what's happening with me what's happening with god what's god's involvement what's my involvement right. what's
1: how is God involved in my life? And yeah. how am I involved in God's life? It's probably even a better thing.
0: What's happening?
1: Thing. Um, what did we listen to yesterday? Oh, it's that movie we heard. We watched uh, Father Stew last night. There's our movie reference. Father Stew, um, yes. Which I, I actually really enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. No, I shouldn't say actually. I really enjoyed that movie, even though it was rated R and had a lot of uh, swearing, which is not usually very edifying for me. However, the message of it was... Very inspiring. <laughs> and uh, at one point he said, here's another, what do you call them? Aphorisms? A-
0: Aphorisms.
1: Aphorisms. He said, uh, we are not physical beings entering into a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. Right. And that one I think is going to stick with me a while. And I think that's where, you know, like how is God involved in our lives is the, is the wrong way to say it. How are we involved in God's life? How are we involved in what's going on? How are we experiencing, literally, sometimes with our body and our mind and our physicalness, what's happening in the spiritual realm where God seems to have some kind of at least idea of how things should go, Mm -hmm. bare minimum, Mm -hmm. you know, to probably somewhere along the continuum of being in control of things and that's what we're going to talk about some today. We don't have big answers, Today's but we control have some freak thoughts day. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Which I definitely am a control freak. I know that. I feel I feel that's where a now, lot of my
0: I've said that too many times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm in charge. Right. <clears throat> so, well, let's that's talk where we're about starting.
0: control, you know, cuz sometimes these aphorisms, they're all, you know, Here's a, I have to pick up the definition Becky says, what's an aphorism? I said, so it's a pithy observation that can contain a general truth, such as, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Oh,
1: my dad was the king of aphorisms. Was he
0: like the aphorism master? He loved master? a
1: saying. He, uh-huh. he, he, you couldn't, he wouldn't hang very long with you if you had a big, long, deep conversation, but he loved a little saying that seemed little to be nugget. succinct and get to the point and mm-hmm. you could chew on it for days and days. Yeah.
0: That's a little nugget. Aphorism, okay. Of course, if it's a bad one, it's a little bomb. You can throw a grenade, that's you seen. can throw... It doesn't have a,
1: a connotation that is <laughs> good or so, bad.
0: Well, we are talking about... We kind of said, you know, depending on where you heard. I mean, I've heard let go and let God for so long, you know, and sometimes it just seems like, yeah, what, what? Let go of what? And that's kind of part of what we're saying is exactly what are you letting go of? Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing is... Well, control is probably a big one. And part of control is thinking, I'm figuring out and going to make this work out. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this, I got to make this happen. I got to make this happen. And that's a control thing. Mm -hmm. And part of recognizing is God probably knows. And it's not that we're usurping God. It's usually we're ignoring God. So it's not that we're saying... I want to be god it's more like saying i forgot about his involvement in this process yeah and i get really focused on my part because here's the reality we have a part to play right because we can swing the pendulum back and forth between i sit around waiting for god to do it everything to the other side is i need to make everything happen and probably both of those are unhealthy extremes And the reality is, is God is mighty, powerful, and has a plan. And he also is the one who equips and gives us the strength to do things. But we need to have some involvement in the process and sometimes of actually doing something. And in fact, sometimes he says, go do it. And he will empower what it is that we do. So I think part of that is getting that right understanding of my relationship with God and just listening, partnering and being a part of what he is doing and do things um, I guess with the leading of the Holy Spirit I mean and has he put stuff in your heart you know a lot of times we'd say that you know well you gotta wait for the leading of the Holy Spirit I mean often the leading of the Holy Spirit is do what is joy do what brings life to you and that's good and right and healthy do your job well love other people be nice encourage others you know all those things are the will of god Mm -hmm. and so often we're waiting around for a big something and he's like just do the little stuff take care of that i'll give you a big hint when the big stuff you know when there's some big decision to be made um Mm -hmm. But I also want to talk about the other side of control. You know, we often another aphorism people always say is you're going through a hard time, and people will say, well, God is in control. Well, yeah, or a similar one is if you're going through this, it's because God has a plan, and he's doing it because he wants you to blah, 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 whatever it might be. And that one actually may not always be true. (laughs) Sometimes you're going through stuff because... You're being attacked by Satan. Sometimes you're going through stuff because you're dumb and you made bad choices. Sometimes you go through stuff because that's how the world is, but sometimes God is bringing you through some tough stuff. Now, what can I take from that?
1: Sometimes God's bringing you through tough stuff. So
0: he'll bring the... I want to say he'll bring us through those things. I want to... That's why I kind of was about to get to that. But he didn't put us there necessarily. If you're going through a trauma, he didn't necessarily bring the trauma. Now he'll bring you out of it, and he'll bring you through it, and he'll be there through the whole process. But I think sometimes we take the "God is in control" thing, and then assign the blame to God for all the bad things that happen. And I think that's not a that is not a valid theology in my mind. Mm-hmm. So
1: it's a it's a very strong theology. It is a I I mean, well accepted that movie by we were many people. That was definitely the yeah. theology of what was. Happening in those people's lives, um, based on a true story, so some right. reality to it. Yeah, and and definitely it is in you know why is God doing this to me? You hear that? In many circles, um, and it makes it hard to it makes it hard to have faith. It makes it hard to walk, uh, whatever is on your path, uh, trusting that you're you are going to get through it mm-hmm. at whatever level get through. It means right. Get through. It doesn't always mean, and you're going to have the best outcome. My dad died because of his disease. Mm-hmm. Getting through it for him was, I don't even know. I'll have to ask him yeah, <laughs> someday. How did you get through that dad? Cause he couldn't communicate with us, you know, at the end, other, other than knowing that he, it, he kept smiling, you know, mm-hmm. he was smiling yeah, till the true. end. Uh, till the very end on his last day he was smiling and trying you know to enter into our laughter or whatever um so that's what i mean like get through it doesn't necessarily mean and it's going to have the happy everything is perfect ending and that is the point of faith and what god is in control so so if we think about this is how i'm thinking about it right now god is in God and I are one. I don't even like to say God is in me anymore. God and I are a unified unit. We are one in Christ. So as I'm walking, so is he. So are they. We together are manifesting his kingdom here on earth. So what mm-hmm. as
0: Christ we was are in this world, so are we. Mm-hmm.
1: So what so. I'm in control of it depend how I walk in peace or joy or, or whatever is necessary in the moment to think clear-headedly. I mean, that's what peace is for. Right now, that's what I think peace is for. Peace is for me to be able to keep my head about me mm-hmm. and to be able to see the situation and respond to whatever situation it is In truth, in light, in love. Mm -hmm. If I don't have peace, if instead I have worry, it is really hard for me to respond in those things. In love, in light, in truth. So the point of peace isn't just to live, okay, I'm sitting on a cloud and don't have a worry. The point of peace is to, okay, here's an even more real example that I've been working through. Patience. I feel like lately my things have been testing my patience. And I've even had the presence of mind in a couple of situations, even this past week, where I was involved in a conversation or involved in a situation and things got bumpy. And I remember thinking to myself, this is a good place for some patience. My patience is going, if I don't have patience, I'm going to have Further conflict in whatever's going on. The patience isn't just for me to wait it out. The patience is for me to stay in the moment, clear headed, so that I can be ready with whatever needs to happen an answer or a part of the conversation or a solution to the situation
0: like coming up with a snappy comeback
1: um <laughs> actually the, i don't, no. maybe sometimes that works sometimes snappy comments really test my patience and make me mad so <laughs> I, I, I was thinking yeah. about one of the concerts that i had this week uh-huh and um it's it's the hardest concert for me to be patient in, and I won't go into all the details, but there is uh, there are a lot of circumstances in this particular concert where I I'm just a piano player. I just come in and take you know play. <laughs> stay aware of.
0: Don't shoot me when I'm the, only the piano director piano
1: is ready to go. I'm ready to be there and play piano. But there's no rehearsal. We don't get a rehearsal for this one. And um, we were we got there an hour early so we could at least try to run through some things. But there were a lot of people in the audience, parents obviously, who were standing around talking while we were trying to at least do some mic checks and run through a couple things that had special parts. And they were trying to talk over us. (laughs) And it was ridiculous how loud it was. I mean, there were probably maybe 30 people in the gym, and they were louder than us trying to at the front. And finally, and then this is where I was like, I need to be patient, but I also need to speak out about this. Mm -hmm. And I finally (laughs) turned. I did turn to the people closest to me. I was a little bit rude, I'm sure. I perceived that way, I said, "Shh!" I shushed them. I said, "We. This is the only chance we get to have a rehearsal. Please, please bring it down." And they responded very quickly. And and then the director Jeez. was like, she turned around then and said, "Can you please take your conversations outside?" I mean, she was definitely more nice about it. But th- th- that was that was the setup to mm-hmm. the whole rest of the evening. And it was in that moment that I thought, I'm going to have to have patience here. Because in the past, at this particular in this particular concert, which I have twice a year, this one specific one, it goes the same way. And I remember the first one I did a couple of years ago. And it's not the director's fault. I love the director. It's just the situation. And I remember the first one I was in, I, I was having a panic attack by the end of that concert because it was so... Uh, crazy. People were just not, they, they were just, didn't have the whole, what I consider concert etiquette and all mm-hmm. this. They were just there to cheer on their kids. It was like a basketball game.
0: For those of you that need to know, Since, don't ever cheer at a concert when Becky is there. With don't yell kids. out names. It and, just, it
1: doesn't, it, it, it changes the atmosphere of what you're trying to do, which is present something through music. You're not there to cheer on your kid in that moment. You're there to hear what the, the point of the music is supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And if you're so focused on your kid and making sure they know that you're there, that is so narcissistic to me. You're mm-hmm. so clueless in understanding what you're trying to teach your children of how to let the music speak. Anyway, right. I could go on with that. I philosophy. just throw
0: that grenade in there, I suppose.
1: <coughs> so that's what I mean. Like there was there was a point pretty early on where I said okay Becky that's enough you do not need to have panic attacks in these concerts you need to have patience Mm -hmm. and I needed to have patience so that I could enjoy those two and a half hours that I was there with those people and not just suck it up (laughs) and be like okay when this is over at least I get paid no I didn't want to miss the point of the music either and it was still pretty chaotic and there Mm. there were kids all around me talking and Adults all around me talking through a lot of the stuff. But I, the patience was for me. Mm-hmm. The patience was for me to be able to stay in what the place that I wanted to stay in. It wasn't just so that I could say, oh, I have patience. I sucked it up, you know, whatever. And, you know, if, if I think about God being long suffering and him being patient, he's not just patient so that we'll get our act together. He's staying in the moment, staying engaged with that. That's what I mean, like God and I together were being patient so that we could enjoy what we were supposed to be enjoying, which was the kids' music and what they had practiced and worked hard to give. And I feel like it did, there was the opportunity there for anybody who wanted to catch that, that was there. The director did a great job she was fa- she's fabulous at managing this chaotic situation mm-hmm. i really am in awe of her and inspired by her to do the same thing
0: you know it's interesting that you talked about the patients because i was thinking about your event and what you were trying to do it actually matches we watched um a bill johnson video today and he was talking about uh, Nehemiah building the wall and one of his constant things he kept giving is a message to those who wanted to tear down or and I know these parents weren't trying to tear down the concert. Yeah, but they're
1: just clueless. They're
0: just clueless people <clears throat> is he constantly had the message. I have important work and I don't have time to do the things you want to do mm-hmm. and it's recognizing I'm building something I'm making something of value how do I respond to those around me? Sometimes it's I can ignore you because you're not impacting, other times you might have to say, "Be quiet. take your conversation outside, <laughs> Blaze, you're interrupting the very thing you're here to see, you're making it not happen. Uh-huh. You know, and there's things like that where we have to learn how to deal with stuff. But I wanna tie back to what you talked about at peace, because when you said peace, I was thinking, peace is actually this the state where you recognize your union with God and see God, see from God's perspective what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. That's what peace is. Mm-hmm. It's the recognition of the reality of the situation and God's involvement in it. You know, go back to, was it, um, not Jeremiah, um, was it Elijah when he said, you know, the army was surrounding him and his servants like, why aren't you flipped out and he's like god open his eyes and it's and he sees all the surrounded by the the angels and it's like oh i see things from god's perspective and i actually know what's going on Mm -hmm. and so i'm not going to be in fear i'm at peace Mm -hmm. because i know where we're headed and now sometimes where we're headed may be rough and there might be a speed bump in the road or two or Or some pain involved and some other things and like death on a cross yeah and I remember there's a story of a guy that was in communist China, you know, and he wanted to he was a worshiper and they wanted to tort his captors tormented him by making him clean out the toilet, the latrines, you know, under the outhouse. So he would be in there and he actually rejoiced with the opportunity because he could actually sing in there and sing hymns. And it was the only place where he could be alone enough to go sing to God. And so he's actually welcomed the opportunity mm-hmm. to stand in excrement because he could sing and be who he really was. you know. So yeah, there's going to be some times possibly where it stinks. <laughs> yeah, that sounds but terrible. But when we have the perspective of God, we have true peace and we have true understanding of... The meaning because the whole goal of suffering isn't necessary and the hard things of life isn't necessarily to get out of them it would be nice and generally that is the preferred goal is that we stop suffering
1: sometimes there's but yeah, that's there's not opportunity always, to do that and right. we get stuck in the mud instead of taking the opportunity to come right because we suffering. can get
0: focused entirely on the getting out of the suffering versus what's going on in this situation while I'm suffering Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to catch first, because if we can catch that, then to some degree, it doesn't matter whether the suffering ends or not. If we see the reality of what God is doing and then he takes us to where we need to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's again, this is probably another pendulum people swing They either have. And I, I do believe in God, generally speaking, as a general principle, wants us to do well, be prosperous, be healthy, and all that kind of stuff. But I think we have other people, some people that say, like, you must be prosperous or else you're not of faith. And we have other people that are like, we have to just barely have enough and we have to suffer all the time to be, you know, of faith. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know... We should probably be healthy, wealthy, and wise as a general. I'm saying very, very general. But that doesn't mean there's something wrong if we're not entirely there, or even if we're not there at all. We need to check with God and say, where do you specifically want me? And this, you know, the Ben Franklin healthy, wealthy, and wise may or may not be part of what your plan is, or God's plan for your life, specifically. You may be He may say, we've got some harder things to go through, but I'm going to give you some other things. I'm going to show you some other things.
1: Okay, so now you're back in the God's in control camp. Um, I might have a plan for you, and I'm going to put you through. I mean, talk a big picture plan.
0: Yeah, I think God has, big picture wise, I think absolutely God has a plan for your life, but I don't know that he forces, well, he definitely does not force that plan
1: So, again, I'm trying to stay out of the literal realm. But, you
0: know, God
1: has a plan for your life, which I've heard my whole life. Mm -hmm. God loves you and has a plan for your life. That means I have one path.
0: Yeah, and I don't. I Is that what you're saying? No, I think God has. A plan
1: is kind of a a very. It can easily be this literal. I have one thing in mind for you. And if you (laughs) don't do that one thing that I have in mind for you.
0: All right, so I hear what you're saying, but yeah. So I think this is where we get the fine line between is God absolutely controlling and makes everything or does he have a vision? Because obviously when you were born, you have genetics. You have gifts, abilities, skills, and other things, and you develop some of those or you develop new things. God may have some thoughts and ideas and plans of, I mean, these are things that are people prophesy over you. We've had things prophesied over us does that mean god has a specific plan and he's going to make you do that or does that mean here's something i would like to give you and take you on and you get to come on it if you want and i think if we look through the bible well can i jump for sure
1: um i just thought of the verse i know the plans i have for you plans Mm -hmm. for you to prosper and have good Mm -hmm. a good life i think that that is a Uh, an easier way to say my plans for you aren't here's the blueprint you have to match this exact thing my plan for you is intrinsically i have uh gifts to give you to walk Mm -hmm. through life so that you can live in patience or peace or wealth or health or wisdom i have plans for you to live that way and when you let go of your own, mm-hmm. oh, I have to c- control and grip onto this uh, way of managing a situation, this is the only way I can get through this situation is if I just like grin and bear it. Or, you know, sticking with my concert analogy there. Uh, there the plan for him is not for me to just grin and bear it. The plan for him is for me from him is to enjoy the moment regardless of the chaos around me mm-hmm. i just answered my own question there with, okay. the, with what the idea of plan is now you were going to
0: talk well some, i think this the specificity of which god controls and plans is up for debate you know i think clearly there are people who have specific callings specific things that god has assigned to them and whether they do it or do it well or don't do it i think there's some Flexibility. There's some people, if we look through the Bible, where God said to Jonah, I want you to go preach to Nineveh. He said no, and God's like, We're going to Nineveh <laughs> and I'm dragging your butt over there in a big fish. And then you will speak to the people in Nineveh. There's others where people didn't necessarily respond, you know, and I think about even terms like um uh, Catherine Coleman, you know, she was this big healer in the 50s, 60s, 70s, somewhere in there. And she once asked God and prayed and said, God, why did you pick me? I'm a woman because this is not a time when women didn't have big ministries by any means. And God said, well, actually, you were my sixth choice because five other people did not respond to the call of what I wanted to do. You know, so apparently you might be able to (laughs) do our God, you know? And so the answer is, I think, to come up with a hard doctrine of God will exactly do this. He has exactly this plan and you will do exactly that plan. I think that's kind of probably not happening. God may have a good thing for you. And if we embrace what he's doing, we get to see some great stuff. Yeah, his call for you doesn't necessarily
1: mean... I, I'm going to direct every single decision that you have, you know, it's called. Is it it's the thing on your heart that you want to do? I want to have a family. I right. want to be a missionary. I want to run a business. I want to meditate and pray with God three hours a day. It's the thing that's on your heart.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The way that you want to go. That's right.
0: the delight. That's yourself how I think the, it you know, is. Delight yourself in the, the Lord the and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And and so,
1: again, like, I feel like I'd missed that understanding early mm-hmm. enough on in my life where it kind of skewed my vision of, oh, I'm going to be out of God's will if I don't know what his call is for me. Mm-hmm. If I don't know what his plan is for me, then I'm not going to be able to yeah,
0: that's when you have be that. happy
1: because I've missed it somehow. What if I marry the wrong person? What if I, you know, go, go on the wrong path? I decide to... Um,
0: yeah, we had to go through you know, that You do book.
1: something that's not, you know, wasn't... My path involved music, so I... What if I... Well, I tell you what, I, there was a period of time in my life when I was having my babies and raising them where there was no music in my life, and I wasn't out of God's will because I didn't have any music in my life. Maybe. I, I just, know. <laughs> you know, there's just... That was the call then was to raise a family. Yeah. You were just pulled a book off the shelf. Oh, it right? was...
0: We went through that in college or... or college and career time as decision-making in the will of God and it was a gargantuan book it was good Um, but it it was trying to undo a lot of the that idea I think there was people back in the 70s and earlier where maybe in a lot of denomination I don't know who all taught this exactly but that if you didn't follow God's will you kind of had to go backward on the path find where you diverged and rework until you got correctly back on the path and you know it's a, all these things tend to be legalistic and come back to mm-hmm. what is your opinion and understanding of god because as long as you believe god is not trustworthy faithful and good then things like god has a plan sounds scary If it's like God's loving and awesome, and here he has, hey, I got some stuff figured out for you because it would really work well for you. And you are specifically gifted and talented, and this would be awesome for you. And sometimes we don't even know. We're so stupid. We think I'm this way, and this is what my life is about. And God shows us something, and it's like, oh, that's my whole purpose of existence is this and we would have never clued in had not God showed it to us and so to me it's the more you know God the more you want to say what are your thoughts I want to know your thoughts because you're clearly sharper than me and that doesn't mean and this is part of the knowing God That he's like, I don't care about you. I've got my plan and you just follow. It's he made me. He loves me. He put things into me that are good and right. And they are compatible with what he wants to do. And it's a true union of a loving relationship.
1: Yeah, you're back to let go and let God. Let God means let him talk to you. Let him... Reveal to you how how are you however you sense God right. Let that be the thing that guides you. Let that be the thing that helps you to live in a in a place that's independent of the circumstances and independent mm-hmm. of the situation that seems hopeless. Right or the pattern the behavioral patterns that you have based on pain or or problems in your life. You can go through those things, and you do have to go through them. I'm not saying you just ignore them; they won't just go away. Your psyche's there, right? It, with defensive mechanisms that have helped you at some point long ago. Because we don't know all the you answers, you have to kind of walk through some of those mm-hmm. things and say, "Okay, I am feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way?" And then that's the as 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 those things come to light, that's the let go and let right. God. God is. A faithful being God, faith. So why, why does that matter? Why does it matter that God is faithful? Well, if God is good and God is love and God is light and he is faithful and true to continue to be those things, mm-hmm. that means those things are going to come into my situation if God is a provider, that means I will be provided for at whatever level that is in a, in a physical sense or in a mental sense or an emotional sense or in a spiritual sense. He's going to provide the things for me in my physical experience mm-hmm. and spiritual experience that I need. That's why him being faithful or being mm-hmm. loving matters, because if I don't trust that that <clears throat> is going to happen, and mm-hmm. I clench my little fists and close my little chest right. and worry in my and little you, mind and, and let fear let take control instead of let love take control yeah. over how I handle any given situation right. or relationship.
0: And I think I get two thoughts on this. One is there's, I, I call it the paradox of maturity. The goal of God is to grow you as a mature person so that you have understanding so that you have wisdom that you can make decisions And then simultaneously, we become more and more dependent and intimate to where we're listening to him and his leadership on those very things. And hopefully what happens is we're actually developing answers and God is in agreement because he says, yes, you are mature and you've been learning. And that is the right answer. As opposed to just, I'm stupid, I don't know anything, and I just have to listen to God because I'm dumb. Right. And now I may start that way. (laughs) But hopefully God is developing us us to be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, and part of that is sometimes God will surprise us. So let's say somebody took money from us. God might say the answer is, that's okay, let it go. And another day and another person, God might say, you need to press charges and stop that person because they're a problem. And the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> listen, to, you know, you need, that's something you need to grow in your maturity of, understand what's happening and listen to God because it's, there's can be dramatically different answers in situations mm-hmm. depending on what is being accomplished.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And neither of those is the universal answer. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. There you, so there you have it. Did Check
1: <coughs> So are you um, How does this encourage You Specifically In in things Situations in your well, Okay well I'm going to give an example So recently You were given the opportunity to um, Look for employment elsewhere mm-hmm. And And I won't give a lot of details or whatever, but there was something that you didn't feel right about Mm -hmm. in the whole process, even though some of the things seemed like would be a much better situation for you. And by the time you got to, I have to make a decision, you reached out to a couple of people to find out their thoughts. And the one that I thought was, well they they were all impactful at different levels but I love the one that our pastor gave you when he said what is your heart telling you to do Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that is the biggest thing like what is your heart telling you to do you know if and and peace to me is is not a giddiness peace peace to me you know like I get excited about something new or a new opportunity or whatever (laughs) but that's also like a little heads up to me if I'm really excited about something I need to be looking at the. Okay well why am I so excited about this Am I just ready to jump ship Mm -hmm. From whatever it is I'm in Or usually there's a flow uh, There's just a a, I'm going to say a natural flow Maybe it's supernatural If you want to get technical But there is a Oh this is the way to go He is lighting up my path here And the emotion's kind of On the side of it Mm -hmm. If I've got a check in my spirit or a a place where your heart is going, something about this doesn't feel right. Or if you're like, woohoo, this is so exciting. I'm going to do this. You know, kind of like not saying that that's a bad reaction to things. But but either end of those emotional responses can be an indicator to you. okay, what what really does feel like the way to go?
0: Right. Like for me. In the situation you did, two of the initial people I talked to had completely opposite answers. Right. Totally opposite. And they both were good answers. Mm -hmm. But one of them was kind of like, that's something I have to pay attention to more than the other one. Mm -hmm. And that's also the one that as I go to my third one, which was Larry, your pastor, was kind of the, what's resonating in your heart. And it was like, okay, that's the kind of the one that's the check or the issue or whatever. And I I do need to pay attention to that. Right. So, yeah. And both opinions and both thoughts and both counsels were good. Mm -hmm. And so, that's just sometimes.
1: So so to me, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the place where I know I can trust me or i can trust me in union with god when i right. am faced with a conversation it can be a big decision like a job change or a teeny tiny yeah. little thing like
0: uh what's for know, dinner
1: yeah something very small or <coughs> usually has more to do oh, with, yeah, like, like what night for dinner right i just said hey let's go
0: to let's go to noodles
1: uh-huh. so last night no Friday not before night. but anyway yeah
0: yeah, and you're like, oh, thank you for just saying something and not having to have us work through all this stuff. Right, right. And it was like right. a little thing came to my head. Let's go. We should go to Noodles. You know, we don't normally go there much, but I was like, yeah, let's Especially just not do that. recently.
1: It has not been good, but it was really good the other night when we went. Mine was so really I was, was like, really okay, good. let's do that.
0: Yeah. And I often find actually, it's funny because often when I have restaurant ideas pop in my head, usually they're the right answer. <laughs> so,
1: Like somebody's saying, hey you know what I got something do. good for you
0: yeah and so yeah that's a good thing mm-hmm. so this is all in fact oh there's one little other tiny knit on that decision making that I think is good Bill Johnson mentioned it too but I see also when I made the decision sometimes God doesn't tell you the answer
1: mm-hmm.
0: but when you make the decisions he's like there you go because mm-hmm. it's kind of like I want you to work this out and I want you to make a wise and good choice Yeah, but you've got to make. Yeah, but you need to make the choice, Mm -hmm. which is I think is just crazy weird with God because it's again, it's that paradox of wisdom where he's both developing you and he wants you to make good choices and he wants you to be completely dependent on him. And it's like those two seem to be in absolute opposites. But somehow they work together really well.
1: Yeah, called it's called union. Yeah, and it's it. I, I yeah, think he it wants stems, you to be you. Yeah, that's what it stems from. We don't trust ourselves. We don't think that we truly are in union with Christ, because we have been given so much theology that says we're worthless. Yeah,
0: you're vermin. You're worthless. You're and so wretched. that
1: has been put into our 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 psyches, our systems, whatever you want to say, our minds and our hearts to where we don't trust. And so then that puts us in a questioning mode all the time. Well, that, you know, was this you God? Isn't this you, you know? Yes. You Um, are in union with Christ completely. Right. And if you're as wretched as
0: you say you are, according to your theology, I probably don't want to hang around with you if you're that wretched. Nor does Christ.
1: (laughs) Right. You know, Honestly, like
0: you're not wretched, you're beloved you're
1: in you're tied as
0: the father loves the son, so does he love you
1: I, I, and there's so. there's no separation
0: mm-hmm.
1: you, <laughs> there's no separation from yep. the love of the father it's there there's not even I, I mean I, I just don't even know how to express it and get it into my own brain, let alone express it to other people's brains. How little, how much we, how, how the lie of separation affects how we think. Yeah, the lie, and there's, it's. You don't have. We're it's heading not into there. a whole nother there's this could There's no be. separation, might, right? Yeah, maybe that'll be one hundred. <laughs> like how, so in other words, let go and let God is just a little, or you know. What is God in control of? You can trust it. You can trust that you have what you need to live in mm-hmm. the things that are beyond just the I have bread on the table. Not that having bread on the table is something that is passe. I mean, having mm-hmm. bread on the table is. There's a
0: lot of people that don't get that. The, yeah,
1: have, if, if all you had was bread mm-hmm. at the table, there's a way that you could enjoy that and not. Be have your mind be in fear. What if I don't have bread tomorrow? Yeah. Why don't I don't have meat? What it, there in every situation there is the opportunity to be at peace with that situation and find God in that. Yeah. Let go of your worry, let go of your fear, and know God in that mm-hmm. moment, whatever that moment is. Boy, am I preaching to myself because <laughs>
0: Go back in there's a whole
1: lot of uh moments that I'm missing, I'm sure where i'm not sensing god
0: but i'm i'm encouraged and they're not to all continue. hallmark moments or something so hey this has been awesome <clears throat> we hope to also see you in our big 100th and we're not going to do a retrospective show i hate tv shows that do their 100th episode and all they are is clips it's like hey write me another show already i don't want to just see the clips So So Dan's going to be
1: working all week On the 100th episode I will struggle
0: with it (laughs) (laughs) I will be slaving over a hot He's going to
1: have to let go and let God Take over the 100th episode In the meantime we're not there yet We're on 99 we hope you guys have A great day and a great Week in pondering and Listening and enjoying What life has For you What God has for you in this life This week we love you have a oh we didn't say all the things podcast oh yeah blah MC, blah, blah. <laughs>
0: podcast blah 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 so send an email to podcast at grace.world or call us at eight three three eighty five grace
1: all right guys have a great week bye
0: bye. <laughs>